0: السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله النبي الكريم. أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. الرحمن علم القرآن خلق الإنسان علمه البيان. شدك الله علي ونادين. Continuing the book of Kitab al-Hakam, the book of wisdoms, the author continues and he says, There is no minor sin. There is no minor sin when His justice confronts you and there is not a major sin when His grace is upon you. Upon after discussing the importance of Tawbah and leaving sins in the previous couplets, Ibn Atallah Rahimullah is now focusing on how to leave sins. The first step is to forget about this concept of minor and major. Oh, it's a minor sin, it's not a big deal, let it go. Forget about this concept of minor and major. Where did this concept of minor and major come from? The concept of minor and major comes from the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, where the Prophet وسلم, said, "The major sins are al-kabair, al billah, nafs, hadith where the Prophet وسلم, said, "Min al-kabair, shatmar rijal wa So the Prophet وسلم, actually said the words al-kabair. There are some verses too. There are verses of the Qur'an that highlight people who avoid bigger, who avoid major sins. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive their minor sins by avoiding major sins. al fawahish Inna al Those who avoid major sins and fawahish, except for the small farts, except for the minor mistakes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most forgiving. So the concept of minor and major came from the ahadith of al-Nabi But in reality, so there is a difference between major and minor sins. However, besides the sins clearly mentioned in the Quran and hadith, as major sins, they are the major difference of opinion. What else counts as major and minor? The point of this discussion, and grouping of sins into two categories, was meant to be academic. It was to understand that one is worse than the other. It was not to belittle sins. It was not to belittle belittle any sin. To say, okay, minors are not big of a deal. It's just a minor sin, let it go. So the purpose was not to say that sin is okay to commit. It's okay to do minor sins, not a big deal. That wasn't the purpose of it. Imam Naui rahimullah has mentioned that tawbah is wajib for every sin Either minor or major. The only thing about minor sins is that sometimes good deeds can wipe them away even if there is no tawbah. Sometimes some good deeds can wipe away your minor sins even if there is no tawbah. Ibn Adallah is clarifying that if you look at who you are disobeying and the punishment, you can potentially get Jahannam, then nothing is minor. If you look at who you are disobeying and the punishment you can potentially get, which is Jahannam, then no sin will be considered minor now. And there's difference of opinion too. If you committed a minor sin without thinking it's a big deal, then that can become major. Oh, you thought it was a... uh, Whatever, I can disobey Allah. Then even though it's a minor sin, but now that disobedience of Allah can be considered major because you threw in your intention and your feeling in it. So Ibn Ta'ala rahim Allah, is trying to say, you are disobeying Allah. At the end of the day, it's still you're still disobeying your Creator. So there is a difference between wronging a stranger versus wronging a person who has done so much for you. There's a difference between doing something wrong to a stranger in comparison to wronging someone who has done so much for you, like your spouse, your husband, your wife. Or your elders, your teachers, or your parents. So it is a bigger deal when it is regarding someone who has done so much for you. Example, you have a friend that you would literally, that you would literally do anything for. When they are in need, you went out of, their, out of your way to help them. You built a connection with them, you looked after them, all you, you were concerned about them, you were worried that you were worried about them. Now if this person was to even say something negative about you, it would hurt you more than if a random person came and said something to you. Man, I've known you for so long, I can't believe you said that. After all and everything that I have done for you? The effect is greater. If someone on the street just starts you know, making fun of us, mocking us, we really don't care. I really don't know you. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't bother me. But if your wife comes and says something to you, your children come and say something to you, your best friend comes and says something to you, the effect is different. It hits different. The same applies for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us everything. In our minds, every sin should be considered a big deal. In our minds, every sin should be considered a big deal. If the punishment was potentially the death penalty, can we ever even think of committing that crime even if it is minor? If we can fall into Jahannam due to minor sins, how can we treat it as minor? What's the guarantee that Allah will forgive your minor sins? The second part of the couplet is to show us not to get into despair Even if we have committed major sins. No matter how big the sin, nothing could be major when compared to the vast mercy of Allah. Sometimes. And so many people come and talk to me about this too. I've done so much wrong. I've done so much wrong. I've committed the worst of sins. I've committed zina, I've done this, I've done so much. And people become hopeless. I'll never, I'm never gonna be good. So I'm just going to live a life of, of, of sin Because I'm, I'm going to Jahannam anyways I'm going to Jahannam anyways So I'm just going to live a life of sin And there's a famous hadith that The Prophet said There was a person who killed 99 men So he went to someone And he said, well Allah forgive me He said, Allah will never forgive you You killed 99 people, so he killed them too He became 100 Then he was headed towards And he asked someone else Then someone else said, okay, if you go to this area, you go to this land, they have a good environment. Go to these people, sit around them, and you will be forgiven. It is said on the way he died. And now the angels are arguing. Some angels are saying, no, he needs to go to Jahannam. The others are saying, no, he needs to go to Jannah. Because he was going in intention to go change his life. So we said, okay, measure the distance. From where he departed, is he closer to his departure destination, departure area, or is he closer to his destination where he was going? Where was he close to? Some hadith say. Some hadith say that in reality he was closer to the departure, but Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wanted to forgive him, so He made the land narrower, so it became smaller, and the distance to the place of destination ended up becoming shorter he was going somewhere to change his life. Another hadith, hadith of a woman who will be involved (coughs) in prostitution. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave her for giving water to a thirsty dog. So we are never supposed to despair. We're never supposed to lose hope. Oh, Allah is never going to forgive me. Yes, if that sin made you feel guilt, that's a sign of Iman. You felt bad about doing something? You felt bad about not praying? Alhamdulillah. You felt bad about committing that sin? Alhamdulillah Allah has put nadamat and guilt in you. You feel bad about it. So many people commit sins openly, they don't even feel it no more. I had a youngster tell me, mid-twenties. He said, I'm so bad, I don't even feel bad committing zina anymore. My, I have committed so many sins, I don't... Wallahi, these were his exact words. I don't even feel bad committing zina anymore. That is how black my heart is. So the fact a child or a person or someone feels guilt for the sins that they have committed, it's a sign of Iman. Ibn Rahimallah, he continues and he says, ida فَلَا سَبَبًا لِيَأْسِكَ مِنْ يَكُونَ آخِرِ قُدِّرَ عَلَيْكَ When you commit a sin, do not let it become a reason for you to lose hope in attaining righteousness in the eyes of Allah. For it is possible that is the last sin that was destined for you. It's possible that that is the last sin that is destined for you. There's a famous scholar by the name of bishr Al-Hafir, رحمة الله and an old man passed by his house one day because he heard some songs and he heard some women singing. So he knocked on the door. And, you know, one of the servants opened the door. So the old man asked the lady, Is the owner of this house a free man or a slave? So the lady said, He's a free man, of course. He said, Okay, that's what I thought. And he left. So Bisham al Hafir, he asked her, Who was that? She said, oh, it's some old man. Okay, what did he ask? He asked, is the owner of this house a free man or a slave? And I told him, you're a free man. So Bishar Rahimullah, he ran out. And he ran after that man. He said, old man, what did you ask? What did you want? He said, oh, I was just passing by. I heard some music. I heard some people singing. So I just asked, is the owner of this house a free man or a slave? That's all I asked. That's it. So why did you ask that? The old man said, I understood that you were a free man, because if you were the slave of Allah, you would never disobey him. Because if you were the slave of Allah, you would never, but you consider yourself a free man, so you feel like you can commit sins. You feel like you can disobey your creator. He is known as Bishar al Hafi. Al Hafi is someone that is barefoot. And someone asked him, one of his students later on asked him, Why do you why are you called Al-Hafi? Why do you never wear shoes? <coughs> he said, because when Allah changed my life, I wasn't wearing shoes at that time. When Allah changed my life with that old man, I wasn't wearing shoes. So I vowed to never wear shoes again. So it's possible that was the last sin that he committed. He was such a pious saint that people from the four corners of the world would come just to sit in his company. Just to sit in his company, they would come from the four, they would just sit with him and they would feel it. Oh man, your presence is amazing. I feel like doing ibadah when I'm with you. The people that we need to be around, is when we see them, we remember Allah. So for some reason people think, they need to wait for some major occasion to come, and then now we're going to change ourselves. A lot of people say, "You know, I'm going to change when I get married." Yeah, right. Yeah, you probably become worse. And <laughs> Now you got to go out of your way to take care of her, and then you say, "No, no, when I have children." Yeah. Oh, We have so many excuses. You know, I'm just so busy this week. You know, maybe I'm gonna start changing myself next week. But I want to wake when my schedule is later. Okay, now the schedule is later. Now Isha is earlier. It's easy to fast. It's easy to rebound. Well, it just started. Let's give this shaitan style. Ibn Jazi Rahimallah, he says, in, uh, in the book of uh, Deceptions, the tricks of shayatin. Ibn Jazi Rahimallah he says, for one of the tricks of shaitan is, wa وَالتَّسْوِيفُ فَإِنَّ التَّسْوِيفُ be aware and cautious of procrastination. For procrastination is from amongst the greatest tricks of shaitan. We'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. We're not gonna, ah, leave it. I got another day. We live another day. I'll do it tomorrow. I won't do it right now. I'll do it later. Later never comes. That is why our ustad and our teachers used to tell us whenever you think about doing something good, rush to it. Don't delay. Do it in that moment. I'm already doing so many other bad things. Let me wait to stop those first. Then I'm I'm not ready right now. You know, I curse so much. I can't can't recite Quran with this tongue that curses. This tongue, it curses so much. It said so many bad words. I don't feel comfortable reciting Quran. That Quran recitation, inshallah, will help you stop cursing. Will help you stop sorry. Do not let the addiction of any sin stop you from doing good. Even if you know you will fall into that sin again, you still need to make an intention to make your best intention. that I'm going to try to stop. You never know when is the last time that you will ever commit this sin. You never know. Then he can, can, continues. He says, <laughs> A sign of the heart's death is the lack of sadness over acts of obedience that you miss, neglected, and the lack of regret over mistakes you made. Ibn Atallah, he highlights the reason why it is necessary to do tawbah and take action quickly. If you keep waiting and missing opportunities, the heart dies. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions indirectly in the Quran, and the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Al hasanati yudhimin assayyayat. Follow a sin with good deeds. Do something good. If a person keeps missing opportunities to do good and just ignores them, the heart becomes numb. You don't feel like doing good anymore. Like I, I saw, you know, I'll do it next time, I don't feel like doing it. But when it comes to sins, we kind of rush to it. But when it comes to good deeds, we keep delaying it. Likewise, if we do something bad for the first time, maybe we feel guilty, but the next time we do it, we feel less guilty, and eventually we don't feel guilty at all. Example, if a person, if sports and companies, there's a concept of a losing culture. It is a, It is when a person is so used to losing, that it doesn't bother them anymore. A loss does not push them to better themselves anymore. It's just normal. Or children. When you hit them, when you punish them, when you beat them, this is why hitting is not permissible. The child becomes immune to it. Okay, go ahead, hit me. I don't care. Doesn't I'm already used to it. My, my pain tolerance has increased now. I'm so used to your beating. They get used to it. They don't, the effect of that punishment no longer lasts. So, usually, when this happens, People, when they don't start working and they don't have motivation because of punishments, what happens? You fire them, you give up on them. So certain times, we need something to reset our mentality and that is droba. If our hearts get this losing mentality, we need a hard reset. Oftentimes, the hard reset comes in the forms of trials and tribulations. Therefore you do not want to wait until your heart is dead to make a change. And I'm the last point of Ibn mm-hmm. Allah, he says, mm-hmm. Let no sin becomes so big in your eyes that it cuts you off from having a good opinion of Allah. Indeed, whoever knows his Lord would consider his sin to be nothing in comparison to his Lord's generosity. The first step to change all starts with mindset. If you believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just created you a certain way, that being a good person is just not written for you, then you already lost the battle. Prophet has told us in so many hadiths that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's doors are wide open. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's doors are wide open. There's a story in the narrations of Bani Israel that a person came to Sayyidina Musa And he said, O Musa, I have committed a sin. Can you talk to Allah and ask that does he forgive me? So Sayyidina Musa والسلام, said, okay. And he went to Allah and he said, Allah said, okay, tell him, I forgive him, just not, don't do the sin again. So the person came back after a few days. He said, oh Musa, I committed that sin again. Can you ask Allah that will he forgive me, what do I need to do? Musa said, okay, he spoke to Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him that Allah has forgiven you, but you need to do tawbah, and you need to promise you're never going to commit this sin again. The person said, okay, I won't do it again. He came back after a few days, he said, oh Musa, I committed that major sin again. Can you tell Allah that I committed this major sin again, what do I do? So Musa went back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that what do you want me to tell you? So Musa alayhi came back and said, Allah is so angry with you, He's not going to forgive you anymore. So this person, now has been told that Allah is angry with them. So he runs. And he's in the middle. of, Like the, you can say the desert or wherever he was. And he says, Ya Allah, <laughs> ma hathihi risaada yursila ilayya. Ya Allah, what is this message that you have delivered to me to Sayyidina Musa alaikatu that you're never going to forgive me? Ya Allah, your Ghafur, your Rahim, your Rahman, your Kareem, your wadood, you love to forgive Ya Allah. Ya Allah, if you have destined and if you have decided and if you have decreed that I will not be forgiven then Ya Allah, the sins of everyone that is from the children of Bani Israel, from the children of Israel, Ya Allah, I want you to put all of their sins on my shoulder, I will take the responsibility and suffer the punishment on behalf of all of them. And if I'm gonna be punished anyways, just give me everyone's punishment. So Musa sent a messenger to go call this person. So that person came back. Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu was known for his, his severe shookness. That's why they say Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu ta'ala had similarities to Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu and Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala had similarities to Sayyidina Isa alayhi salatu So Musa alayhi a.s. salatu asked this person, what did you do? I didn't do anything. I just said, yeah Allah, if you're going to punish me anyways, you're angry with me, then just give me everyone's sins. Allah told me to tell you that He loved your tawbah so much that He forgives all of your sins and you are guaranteed Jannah and from this moment you can do whatever you want. ma yeah. شُدَّ Do whatever you want, Allah has forgiven you. The doors of Allah's rahmah are never closed. Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu ta'ala was ready to kill and murder and nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was on his way. And he was about to carry out the killing. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changed his heart and he accepted Islam and he eventually became a Khalifa. What a Khalifa. The one who woke up with the intention to kill the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam slept to eventually become Umar al-Faruq. I say, the Umar radiallahu alayhi is not your average companion. لو كان بعد نبيا لكان عمر If there was a Prophet after me, it would be Umar Half of the world was conquered in the Khilafah of Sayyidina Umar The Persian Empire, the Roman Empire, when they heard the name of Umar, their entire body was struck with fear. You could not stand his name. They would get so scared and awe of him. Allahu Subh'anaHu Wa taala's doors of Tawbah are always open. And Ibn is trying to tell us, don't let any sins make you give up. Don't let any sins make you give up. Anyone can change at any time. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all for all of the sins that we have committed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us to the straight path and use us for the service of His deen. Jazakum Allah khairan. Wa akhirul da'wana. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil alameen. wa alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.